Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me, as always, it's Gator. And we've had quite the weekend. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Guys, seriously, I don't even I don't even know where to start. I, I don't even know how to describe what's happened to me in the last 72 hours. It's been a lot. I'll say that. It has been There a was lot. one bright spot that we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it was just pure ignorance. There was a lot of ignorance. There was a lot of dumb. There was a lot of dumb. But I don't know... <laughs> If we anybody should expect anything else from us other than that. The, the the bright spot of the whole trip was the meetup with the Ashholes at the Ultimate uh, Cigar Lounge. Oh, definitely. And Hookah Bar. Exactly. Yep. In Villa Park, Illinois. Yep. And we will get Love to that. Love those guys. Love them. We, exactly. We will if you guys haven't been there, you need to go to this cigar store. Um, just an incredible humidor and... An outstanding lounge. They've got hookah. They've got a bar next door. It's uh, it, it's the whole package. Tony and Earl. Yeah. Good yep. people. Good people. So, But let's move into what happened well, getting there first. How about before we move into all of this? Because Jeff has been chomping at the bit to just... I wanted to record on the way home. He wants to rail on me in the worst possible oh, you, way. You guys have no idea what's coming. And so, before we get into that... Well, I even tried to do a cold open, and he realized that I was just railing on him in the cold open, so he ignored me and is not going to put it out. Yeah. Well, I figured you're just going to do that in the episode, so why do we need a cold open? I'm going to do, do that too. for the next month or two. Anyway, so... Today we are going to be smoking the A.J. Fernandez Diaz de Gloria. It's a gorgeous this looking is stick. It is a Gordo. It has a Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. So it is a Nicaraguan Puro. It was sent to us by the fine folks at A.J. Fernandez. So we wanted to thank them for those and give it a smoke on the show. Yep. You know, this cigar is going to be a bright spot as well. I, I would Good hope. looking stick. I would hope so. I don't so. know if you realize this. You know everybody does those challenges where they get their cigar to stand up? Yeah. I got mine standing up. Yeah, but everybody does it with the ash. You're doing it with the unlit cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it quite counts. It's not the same. Not, not quite the same. So, Anyway, it is now time to cut the cigar. Yes, it is. Now, I'm going to hand my cutter over to Jeff because I am going to not be using a straight cut. You're going V-cut, aren't you? So, while I was at TPE, I got to talk with the fine folks at Calibri, and I finally asked them, everybody had been talking about this thing forever and ever, and I'd seen it on Instagram and whatever else, and so I wanted to wanted to talk to them. I wanted to ask the folks at Calibri about the deep V cutter, and they showed it to me, and this thing, I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. It's heavy. It's a significant piece of machine i mean when you hold it you you feel like you're holding a really quality item so many jokes stop jeff anyway so many jokes and so no i i want to jump in here you're exactly right i am very impressed with that cutter i'm, and, I'm a little jealous of that cutter, and, quite frankly and the simple fact is this cutter is only 39 dollars worth every penny i mean realistically if this cutter were put out by another company my <coughs> car um, it would be probably a $150, you know, but it's not, it's, it's a $40 cutter. It is a quality and item. it works great. So I'm going to be using the Calibri deep V cutter. Well, and I'm not going to lie. I need to track one of those down for myself simply because 
Um, I run into that sometimes with the straight cut where you get the little bits of, oh, I've already made my straight oh, cut, okay. but thank you. That was very nice I to was offer. See if he was offering me the V cutter. Um, it's one of those situations where, you know, occasionally you'll get that little bit of tobacco that flakes yeah, off and yeah. you get in your mouth. And I don't find that with the V cut. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and if it's a bigger cigar, I sometimes will, uh, which is all you smoke. That's true. I mean, it's true. We learned some stuff about, uh, Lanceros and whatnot this weekend. We did. Yeah. We got some knowledge to impart. Knowledge. And, um, but sometimes I like to do the double V, you know, the little crisscross on the so end there. So douchey. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I told him to go for broke and do a triple V. I don't know how that would work. It, basically, I'm straight cutting it at that Essentially, point. Essentially, yeah. I'm just carving it off bit by <laughs> bit. So I am now going to light my cigar. And I just realized I did so without doing a cold... Or a uh, cold, uh, cold draw. So or the cold retro. Well, I'm not gonna the patented Gator cold retro. Not gonna do the cold retro. So I was able to tell an entire room of cigar smokers about the cold retro, and they were just mesmerized by it, and can't wait to do it. I think they were more mesmerized mesmerized by the idiocy of the concept. By the amount, <laughs> well, that or the amount of felonies we admitted to during our discussions. I mean, <laughs> am I lying? Unfortunately, probably not. <laughs> But, but we sure as hell won't be admitting him here. No, 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 no. That's the thing you got to come to the uh, meet and greets for, folks. Mm-hmm. That's where the magic is happening. Yeah, all the stories that we say we can't do on the podcast. Oh, we did them. We did them. You just and, do them in person. And essentially, everyone was just like slack jawed, like me- like just mortified by what we said. Well, I just don't think they realized just the they, sheer level of ignorance no that idea. us around. No idea what they were getting themselves into. Yeah. So. Everybody seemed to have a good time at our expense. It was a fun... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It was a fun time. <laughs> it really was. We had a great time. So. Thank you again to the Ashels. I'm going to do a I was going to say, I'm waiting on you to do your stupid Well, I had retro. to get my cedar off and my pretty little ribbon and, you know, had a lot going on. It is a very decorative cigar. Yeah, I had to get the uh, ribbon off, had to get the uh, cedar off. This is This is a nice cigar. Double banded. They went all out. They spared no expense. They did. And the box itself is a gorgeous red color. It has a slightly, slightly rounded top to it. Ever, ever so slightly rounded top to the box. And I heard why they did that. Okay. Originally, I, I, I've had, I, I had one retailer who will remain nameless because I don't want him, you know, outed as kind of ragging about it. They were ragging about the box and basically saying you can't stack them, you know, because the top is rounded. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. The top is rounded by design by A.J. Fernandez because he feels as though it's such a superior cigar. Nothing should be stacked upon it. See, now that's marketing. That's <laughs> genius. I love that. It's the pinnacle, as so, it were. So, there you go. That's apparently why the top of the box is rounded. So, what are you getting? Boy, it's a shame you didn't cold retro this cigar. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the flavor note is. I don't know, but it's maybe uh, tell us. <laughs> almost licorice. Really? Yeah, like okay. a licorice flavor. Okay, okay. Yeah, and it's it's not on the cold draw, it's on the cold retro, so everybody out there, you smoke the cigar, give it a try, let us know if you noticed it as well. What do you get on the cold draw? Cigar. Oh, Lord. Anyway, will you just light the damn thing? <laughs> You know, I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> and you, no, I did one thing. I did one thing wrong. One thing. The trip. 
No, 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 no. I oh, we're I getting, we can get Angela on the phone. That's wrong. all I'm going to say. One we have wrong. a witness to all of this. I, the food was your fault. I did one thing wrong. The food was my fault. Oh, we'll get into that. I didn't pick the horrible pizza place. Well, I mean, I just threw out that there was pizza. I didn't know. <laughs> anyway. How was that my you fault? You also weren't, like, looking for any options either. We go to the one. We'll get into this, folks. We'll get into this in just a minute. Oh, we are chomping at the bit to just have at each other. You guys yeah. have no idea. There's so much tension there's, for this trip. Some pen, I mean, we've spent <laughs> pent up. Anger. We have spent a lot of time in the car and in close proximity to one another. So there's a lot of like things to discuss here. Our dear friend Angela, <laughs> who rode with us, had to bail and basically spend most of Saturday by herself just to get away from our general fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you wish that was a joke, mm-hmm. but it's not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so now that you've lit the cigar, what are you getting? I don't know yet. What are you getting on it? It's kind of earthy. Yeah, I'll give you that. A little spicy. Maybe peppery. I would say, a little spicy. Yeah. Kind of earthy. I didn't get much on the uh, the retro hail I just did, though. I haven't done one yet. Oh, it'll knock you on your ass. Oh, okay. Come on, give it a shot. Oh, Lord. Okay, hold on, folks. <coughs> Oh, my. <coughs> yeah, um, that's spicy. It is, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's just spicy. Yeah, it's Ooh. flavorful. I just can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Anyway. That's all right. So, anyway. So, you so want to okay. start no, chronologically. Here's the thing. Before we even get in the trip, we have some actual business to attend to in this show, you know. He's trying to put me off, folks, because he does not want me to go where I'm going. No, we got to tease and keep people hooked and interested. But I've got good stuff for the <coughs> show all the way through. Tease it up. So aside from having our regular Tuesday Ask the Boys segment and talking about the trip, yeah, I have an interview. You do? I do. So I want to do the interview now. Yeah, I want to. I want to get into that now. Okay. I want. I want to do that now. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then I'm just going to have at you. I was going to say because if you and I are going to end up getting into fisticuffs, <laughs> I want the show to be primarily done. Somebody's getting a get cigar put out in somebody's eye. Yeah. If we're going to if we're going to end up beating the hell out of each other, I want the show primarily done before that. point. You know, it's going to be like fat bastard sumo wrestling between the two of us. That's what it's going to look like on the video footage, pretty much. Yeah. Because so they have security cameras here. They do. So. So anyway, I spent some time this week talking with Tim Swanson of Cigars Daily. And Tim has been in the cigar business for a long time. You know, he, he uh, has his shop and everything like that. Very successful shop and has done a great job putting out information and communicating with the, with the cigar industry and the cigar um, re, you know, consumers with all of his YouTube videos and everything like that. But... But... He has now entered another phase in his a new cigar, realm, as it were, in his new cigar career, and he has launched American Viking Cigars. Whoa, wait, yes. So, oh, cool. He took all of the cigars that he did as like exclusives for his shop, you know, kind of house brand cigars, mm-hmm. and they've taken those cigars, they've given them names and everything like that, and now they're making them available, you know, to everybody. Well, that's as, awesome as a brand. So. They only launched, um, well, this episode is going to hit on Tuesday the 25th, I believe. Tuesday the 25th. They only launched on Monday the 17th. Oh, wow. So this is timely. So, like, this this brand has 
been around for eight days as of the dropping of this episode. So, I mean, they are, they are brand new. But I got a chance to sit down and talk with Tim about everything that went into his cigar journey and bringing about American Viking. And I think it's really cool. So if you want, we'll go ahead and get to that. Let's do that. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to see what he had to say. Yep, we'll get into that. So I'm joined today with Tim Swanson of uh, Cigars Daily and now American Viking Cigars. How are you, Tim? Doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. So before we get into American Viking, I want to pull this back just a little bit. How did you get into cigars and having your own <laughs> yeah. shop and, and everything like that? Because I think a lot of people are very familiar with you from your multitude of really great and energetic um, YouTube videos. And so, but I want to I want to touch on how you got into cigars. Yeah, getting into cigars was interesting, completely unexpected, not not what I was looking to do. I I started working at a cigar shop in Phoenix as just a retail clerk. I took over for a lady at a shop that doesn't exist anymore. It used to be called Cigar Warehouse, and she worked behind the counter selling cigars. And she got her master's degree while she was working there because the sort of that nature of cigar shops is that you get like you, the cigar industry, you get a little bit of downtime, right? Like when you sit behind the register. So she completed her master's degree and then, you know, quit her job, (laughs) get a career job. And at the time I was working on church planting here in Phoenix and I needed, you know, other jobs just to sort of make ends meet. So I was training at a, a boxing gym. I was running classes and training fighters. And then I started working at the cigar shop part time. And, uh, you know, right about the time that the church plant was, we had to sort of close the doors on it. Right about that time, uh, the opportunity to become operations manager for TNT Cigars popped up. And it was like, wow, this is a this is like a full time gig, and I already know I love cigars, and so, like, I talked to Allison about it, and we decided to make the move, and and you know, sort of that began what I would say now is the rest is history type thing, right? That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so you got your shop. Tell me how you got going with with house cigars then, because that, yeah. that kind of leads into American Viking here. So yeah, it really yeah. does, and you know, I think. I meet a lot of people still who who followed back from the TNT cigars days. And, you know, that was really where a lot of that began. I saw, you know, at at TNT, the opportunity to start branding house cigars. And so a lot of the old uh, stuff that that was on the TNT cigar review channel that that was released there, I got to sort of start, you know, building a lot of those things and having input on the brands and the names and even the blends and, Oh, that was fun, but it never really, it never really satisfied the itch that I had for creating new sticks. Like at TNT, it was basically, you know, we we worked with a lot of great cigar makers, and then a lot of it was bundled stuff with a sticker slapped on it. It was really never, in my mind, really, really, we're never able to produce sort of that, you know, cigar that added to the legacy of cigars in America. Sort of you know, contributed on a, on a larger scale. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we, when, you know, when I was done at TNT and I'd spoke with my father-in-law and he pitched the idea of, you know, him and I doing cigars together was one of the things I'd put out there. I was like, this is something that's really, 
I really want to do. This is in me to do. And, and if we can get some banded exclusive stuff out there, it would be great. And so that was when we first kicked the doors open. We started working on the Obrigado. And that was our first banded blend to hit the market. And so it, it sort of evolved from getting to, you know, try some of these bundled stickered shop exclusives into starting to work directly with factories to get exclusive blends made that were just for the shop. So then now you've got that going, dude, I mean, I I don't know how you have the energy for this, but how did you end up then deciding, Hey, we're going to take all these house (laughs) cigars and you know what? We're going to make a national brand with it and we're going to roll it out and let everybody have these. And now you've got that company, you know, company going. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, I don't know, an evolution of the whole thing. But truly, it's something that's been in the works since very, very early on with Cigars Daily. You know, Jim and I had talked about, you know, some of the exclusives that really, quite frankly, were the thing that cemented Cigars Daily for a lot of people. And some of those exclusives, I think, as people know, are what have become American Viking Cigars. Brands like the Box Press Rebellion, the League of Zebra, Obrigado, uh, a lot of that stuff was was all from very early on in Cigars Daily. And Jim and I started talking about, you know, what what would Cigars Daily be long term? What would these brands, what would these blends be long term? And we knew from, I would say, probably the second or third month of Cigars Daily that we wanted to uh, we wanted to grow these into national brands. And so that that's something that has been a goal for the last almost two years now and everything we've been doing has been okay how do we set up for this in the future in the long run and uh you know as we worked on coming out with some of the other big you know banded blends like the filthy viking and uh, now the new dom of Lada that just came out all of that stuff we had it in the back of our heads like we really want these to be part of the national market so what do we need to do now to set all that up in the future and you know after <laughs> A couple years of a lot of hard work, we're finally able to bring it to fruition, which is like, I mean, just the most gratifying thing, I mean, I could imagine. (laughs) I I don't even know. Well, I guess that brings my question. So what all does go into, I mean, and I know that's like way too broad of a question, but like, you know, broken down, like what all does go into taking a brand and going national with it? I mean, that just seems like such a huge daunting task. Yes, it is. It's it's a huge and daunting. That's exactly the way I would put it. But I'll tell you, there's, you know, these days it's it. There's so much changing and growing with the way that cigars, uh, what what has to happen for a cigar to exist on the market, and we've been contending with that for quite a bit of time. You know, it's everything from making sure that you've got a great relationship with an amazing factory to making sure that you're above board on all of your sort of registration or like FDA type stuff. I was just about to say FDA stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, there was a lot of work involved in that. And then, you know, once you finally have the right factory relationship, you've sort of managed your, uh, you know, you know, regulatory type requirements, then you actually have to build a business in America, (laughs) which is its own huge amount of work. And so, you know, then it's about finding, you know, a place where you can warehouse, uh, everything. Uh, I can tell you that, that starting American Viking was substantially more expensive as well than starting cigars daily. So there's, you know, there's the cost factor in it as well. And then we were very, very fortunate 
uh, I think, to be able to end up working with Ed Trevino uh, for American Viking. And he's literally, as I'm talking to you, he's on the road meeting with shops and taking their orders and getting stuff shipped out to them so that they can have it on the shelves. And so it's it's a it's a big task. It's an expensive task. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, you know, cutting through red tape or working through red tape and um, and. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's a huge question. Yeah. It would be hard for me to like wrap it all up in one thing, <laughs> but those are some of the really big pieces. Gotcha. So tell us about American Viking. You you've thrown out a. It sounds like you have quite a bit of cigars kind of underneath the umbrella already. And but but tell us a little bit about you know your lineup and everything like that, and just kind of how the 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 um, uh, reception has been so far. Because you guys didn't launch this too terribly long ago, right? We launched it, I mean, we're speaking on the 20th. I think we launched it this last Monday. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> on yeah. the 17th, three days ago, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we've so, launched. Yeah, only like just three been three days, days. I think we've got uh, about 10 shops that have placed orders, gotten everything in, and now we're going to be working to grow and uh, continue bringing those partners in. I think there are about 60 shops right now who are working on applications and smoking through samples, trying to figure out exactly which lines they want. But as far as American Viking goes, you know, obviously the genesis for some of these blends was Cigars Daily exclusives. They used to be exclusive to Cigars Daily, and now they're going to be a part of the national market. But we really honed in on, you know, what what is it that uh, that people are really after. And we've really had some amazing metrics for that because from our platform where people follow on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, we've got people all over the country and even all over the world giving us feedback on exactly what they're looking for. Well, so, yeah, that's true. You've almost been product testing this line for years with, with the house exclusives. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So we we're we're, we're nonstop listening to people, you know, it's about, what do you want in the blends? What do you want in a brand? What do you want in a, in a, even in a boutique brand, like in the character of a boutique brand, what is it that you guys want and what is it that will connect with you guys? And, you know, when, when we landed on American Viking, we were like, this really seems like it's close to the heartbeat of, you know, everybody who follows. Uh, there's, there's a lot of pride in the, uh, in the American side of it. There's a lot of pride in the Viking side of it. You know, Ed uses, uh, Ed uses, oh man, he has a tagline written down on our paperwork. I think it's something like, you know, the, this, the American strength with that sort of Viking integrity piece. And so that's sort of the, that's sort of the heart behind the brand. But as far as the blends go, you know, obviously one of our big flagship brands is the filthy Viking and uh, it's a Honduran blend with a Habano wrapper and it's my cigar. I'm the filthy Viking. And it's uh, it's been that one's been close to my heart for a long time, but mild, creamy, smooth with authentically flavor notes of butter right from light up, which is like, I mean, I, it's, it's something that we get from that cigar that I haven't gotten from any other sticks. Wow. Then following that is the, uh, the brand new Dama Velada. And this is a, uh, it's a, it's got a, res let me see, make sure I say the wrapper, right. Habano Rosado Oscura Luz. It's essentially a, dark risotto habano wrapper and it's just wildly brilliant really strong flavor with notes of a little bit of leather in there some of the darker notes like leather and chocolate but also a little bit of that cedar and a really vivid sweetness to the wrapper leaf which is which in the reviews i talk about this all the time that's a huge deal to me that that wrapper leaf comes with an inherent sweetness 
and that's our that's our newest one that just launched last Monday with the company. And then uh, League of Zebra is a barber pole that uses, um, I believe, Honduran, Ecuadorian, Dominican tobaccos in it. Very smooth, very creamy, and a mild to medium stick. And then in the more medium-bodied range is the Obrigado, our first uh, our first banded blend from Cigars Daily that has now transferred over to American Viking, which is a dark Habano wrapper, a very medium-bodied flavor. And then, of course, the Box Press Rebellion, which is a dark Habano wrapper, really dark. And that one has actually emerged as one of our fullest-bodied sticks, one of our fullest-bodied blends. Uh, we really thought Dama Velada was going to come out like that. But as we've gotten more people smoking them over and over again, we're really seeing that the, that stick that has that punch, that has that spice, has been the Box Press Rebellion. And then the last one, and probably one of the most important ones to me, is the Rico Barato, which is our economy line. And that's a, a bundled stick. It's a Cuban sandwich. It's a it's a boutique Cuban sandwich. So they're in the three dollar range, okay. and they've got really incredible consistency and flavor for a bundled stick. So those are a big deal to me, just because I for years when I was going through college, when Allison and I first got married, and I was in ministry, and I was basically paid in peanuts and Bibles. You know, I didn't have money to <laughs> didn't have money to buy a bunch of cigars. So those bundled sticks were the only thing I could afford, the only thing I could smoke. And so we knew that American Viking had to have a killer bundled stick that was in that, you know, three dollar range. Oh yeah. But yeah, that's that there's your catalog. That's the lineup, man. That's awesome. And yeah, to the point about the bundle sticks, uh my co host, he um he drives a lot and so he, I mean, he'll smoke when he drives. And so there are days that over the course of the day, I mean, he'll light up like five or six cigars. Well, when you're talking $10 sticks, I mean, that suddenly becomes a $60 day. Whereas yeah, to your does. point, yeah. you know, it's an $18 day. And so that's, that's a much more affordable way to smoke. And if you're getting something good, then that's just all the better. The other thing I'll tell you, and, and this goes back to the you know, the fact that American Viking has been something that's been in the back of our minds for almost two years is that we targeted a specific price range for uh, for the audience. And that's essentially, you know, Rico Baratos are in the $3 range. And then most of the other stuff is really around between 7 and $9. We've got a couple sizes that are between 9 and 10 bucks, but mm-hmm. really seven between 7 and 9 bucks was for a boutique brand. We felt like we could provide a lot of value, especially with the quality and flavor we were getting uh, just to, to make sure. I, I see so many boutique brands these days that have great cigars, but everything comes out in the 9 to $12 I range. was just about to say, it seems yeah. like anymore – you know, that's an awesome price point because anymore it seems like everything's in that nine to hell in some cases up to like as much as like 15 bucks. Yeah. And honestly, my sweet spot's that eight to 12. I mean, if you're going more than 12 bucks, it better be a pretty decent cigar for me to throw down that kind of money on it. And the, and the thing that, you know, one of the things that's always stuck in the back of my head is way, way back from my days at TNT Cigars, I met a few boutique brand owners who, when we started talking about price points, literally told me that uh, we priced it at 10 bucks because market research said that was the highest point where people would still buy it. And it was like, wow, what a what a mindset to have like of, of like how much can we possibly charge before people will stop buying it? Yeah, this is sort of the, the opposite of 
of giving people incredible value, right? So we, we've stuck with the value, even though it causes our margins for American Viking to be slimmer than probably a lot of the boutique guys out there. It's allowed us, I think, to provide the kind of value we want to do and creating sticks that for us, uh, uh, Tastes like a twelve dollar stick, look like a twelve dollar stick, but cost you know seven, eight, and occasionally nine bucks. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. So then, in terms of sizes, like you know, um, I kind of tend to prefer uh, maybe the more the larger ring gauge. I know some other people, you know, like the smaller ring gauges. Like, are you guys what are what kind of size options are you guys offering? So I, I've seen a lot of boutique brands out there that have got like and everything they make yeah there's a yeah there's a bunch of weird sizes and shapes stuff like that and which is great but as a retailer i can tell you that makes it very difficult for me to figure out like okay i can't carry seven sizes of all of your blends right yeah so we targeted the ones that we knew that people uh were already after and so for us pretty much everything is offered in a robusto a five by 50 robusto a six by 52 toro and a six by 60 gordo love it yeah there's only a couple exceptions to that one of them is we brought back for the obrigado uh the obrigado short run size which is a five and a half by 42 and the obrigado has a churchill and then the rico baratos are available in a robusto toro torpedo churchill and a six by 60 gordo so there's definitely some variety there but we really targeted that robusto toro gordo being the ones that people are really after the most right now that's awesome that's awesome so uh, where where can folks get these cigars because i mean obviously right now uh, as we're talking you've been going for three days you said right now you know the brick and mortar side's a little limited it is growing but but if somebody's listening right now and they're just like i gotta get my hands on some of these where can they go we are overwhelmingly proud of the shops that have already partnered with us that we're already getting to work with. And uh, I've got, I got to tell you off the top of my head, my brick and mortar partners here in Phoenix, uh, Big Sticks Fine Cigars, RJ Cigars in Mesa, both incredible shops. Fumar Cigars is in North Phoenix. They're actually pretty close to Cigars Daily. Um, and then outside of that, I think Fifth Avenue Cigars in Anchorage, Alaska is carrying this stuff oh, right wow, now. That's awesome. Um, the smoking session in Kansas, they're carrying the stuff and I, I don't want to leave anybody out, but those are the ones that I can remember off the top of my head. And of course the stuff will be available on cigarsdaily.com for people to get while we're trying to get it into their neighborhood cigar shop as well. Awesome. Awesome. And so then final question, where can folks follow you for more updates about American Viking cigars daily and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so American Viking is on Instagram and Facebook. You can find them at American Viking Cigars. Uh, the website is AmericanVikingCigars.com. You can even go sign up there for email updates where you get a newsletter to know, you know, sort of what shops are bringing it in. So when it comes in in your area, uh, to know what's going on with the brand, what kind of new releases, what kind of stuff we're talking about doing, and then seeing, you know, what's going on uh, within within the company the big part of the goal obviously with american viking is the same with with cigars daily we want to share with transparency not just our blends but our company how we run our comp our family owned and operated company we want to share how all of that is done and bring people inside the cigar industry so the other big place to get information on american viking is on youtube on the cigars daily channel where we'll continue to share how how we're going about all this no that's awesome and i'll say you know i i've been 
I've told my story on my my show a couple different times that you know I had my I first got into cigars in July of 2018. So I've only been at this maybe a little over a year and a half. And yeah. um you know when I got into it it was like this revelation like oh my gosh there's this thing I can do and I can sit and I can relax and chill and be forced to relax and chill for at least an hour and everything like that and it was great. And so I'm the kind of guy that when I get into something, I like really dive in and I want to learn a whole bunch of stuff. And I'll tell you, your channel and your videos were highly educational and entertaining. And I really want to thank you for, for all the work you do putting out, you know, the different educational videos as well as the reviews and everything like that. It's, you know, the reviews are great, but, you know, when you're given like top 10 this, top five this, you know, whatever. I mean, the, that's really great for people that are getting into cigars and looking for information well thank you i you know i consider uh i consider cigars daily myself my family incredibly fortunate that i get to do this job of communication because it's something i'm passionate about but then you know i get to combine that with the art and the science of cigars which i love probably even more <laughs> yeah you know and and really you know it's a marriage of passions and it's something that i'll do for as long as i can Oh, that's awesome. Well, Tim, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on and, and for Cigar Pulpit. I'm following you guys online, and I appreciate what you guys are doing for the industry, too. It's a big thing, and I think that anytime we get a chance to build community, we're, we're hitting the core of what cigars is really all about. So thanks for everything you do, too, man. Definitely, definitely, and good luck with the line. All right, thanks, man. You have a great day. Thanks, you too. All right, bye. So we really want to thank Tim for coming on and talking to us a little bit. I mean, I that's awesome. You know, it's great. I, I think it's, I'm excited for him. It's awesome that a guy can have a dream and go from, you know, working in a shop to owning a shop to then um, saying, hey, I want to make my own cigars. I want to put my, my stamp on the cigar industry. And he's doing it. And he's offering, you know, cigars at different price points and everything else. I mean, I... I think it's great. Yeah, that's. So. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to smoking uh, some of his product. Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, I'll have to get my hands on a few, and maybe we can uh, smoke one on the show here coming up. That would be phenomenal. I think so. But so, I. But he's also a very busy guy, and so I do want to thank him for taking time out to talk. Oh, with absolutely. Me, I mean, you know, we talked for a while, and I thought it was really nice. So. Well, cool. So, getting into the trip. You don't want to do ask the boys first. <sighs> Let's do, let. how about this? Let's do, <laughs> you just want to avoid talking about this trip no, at all costs. I feel like this is like the thing that everybody's going to want to hear. And so it's like, we just keep teasing it and teasing it. <laughs> I, I think we do, right now in this segment, everything up to the event. Because the event was the bright spot. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the Ultimate Cigar Lounge and... And Hookah Bar in yeah. uh, Villa Park, Illinois. And they could not have been yep. more cool. That was such a neat place. We got to meet the owner. Yep. Super nice place. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I can't say enough about it. Nope. Nope. It was Really, great. really friendly. Just, it felt like we were home. It was. So, all right. And then we'll we'll take a break. We'll do Ask the Boys. Then we'll get into the, uh, you know, what went on at the lounge and, you know, go into that. Go into the bright part of the trip. Okay. <sighs> so, Jeff, uh... Jeff and Angela picked me up on Friday, probably around 2. It was close to 2. It was about 2 yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. And we set out Chicago or bust, baby. 
And we made it to Springfield, and that's when I had to stop for an iced tea. Mm-hmm. And so we stopped at the Panera Bread. Took a break, stretched our legs. And Jeff took off his pants. <laughs> so what we didn't notice, so we were driving Jeff's FJ, FJ Cruiser, which for those of you who are unfamiliar with the FJ Cruiser, it's kind of a, it's it's an SUV, you know. It's it's built on the uh, the Toyota truck platform. Okay. First of all, it's ridiculously high up. <laughs> With no footstool at all. So every time every time Ange and I had to get into this vehicle, we're like just struggling to get in. Well then second of all, the back seat didn't have its own set of doors. It had these suicide doors. So you had to open the front door and then open the suicide door and then push the chair forward. It was that or climb in the hatch. Yeah, it was it was awkward. So we're at Breadco and or Panera for everybody who doesn't. Not to mention live it's in bright yellow and logoed up with my radio station. Exactly. All the hell. I mean, yeah. it looks like a traveling <laughs> banana billboard, but it looks like a minion. Um. So anyway, I'm sitting in the back seat. Andrew's in the driver's seat, and next thing I know, she looks up, and I'm pay- playing on my phone. She's doing something, and next thing I know, she says something about you not having pants on. <laughs> so okay, folks, let me give you a little backstory here. I had set this joke up earlier in the day because I had to be out covering something at the uh, Pinckneyville Prison, at the Pinckneyville Correctional Center, excuse me, um, earlier in the day. And it, initially I was going to wear shorts and just kind of shoot stuff out of the vehicle. And then I realized, oh, I'm not going to be able to stay in the vehicle and shoot. I'm going to have to get out and be mobile. So I threw my jeans on, but I threw them over like my workout shorts, like my Adidas shorts. You don't work out. Well, they are workout shorts, technically. <laughs> So I had, I had my shorts on under my jeans, and I thought at some point I'm just going to – I actually initially had planned to just strip down in the car while they were sitting there just to mortify them. And I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity. I'm standing there. Nick, Nick just got into the back. Angela's climbing in. She's going to take over for me driving. And I thought, I'm just going to drop trowel. And right in the parking lot. And I did. And neither one of them noticed. No, but the woman that was in her BMW in the parking lot noticed <laughs> and sure. watched the whole thing go down. I'm sure she did. And so I take I take my Levi's and I fold them up real neatly and set them under the seat. And I pick my shoes up and set them in the FJ. And I just climb up in the FJ. And mind you, I'm wearing my like blue drug rug. You know, I don't know what they're actually called. Now, let's also stop for a moment. Yes. Back up. Review and reflect. Just a hair. When I got into the back seat, we noticed a Kit Kat bar on the floor. We did because we had to pull the seat up to get Nick in. And Jeff, bonus Kit Kat. Jeff got himself a Kit Kat. What he didn't know, and what we should have all suspected, is this Kit Kat has probably been there since the dawn of time. (laughs) And when he decided he wanted to eat it, he opened up the wrapper and basically had to like. (laughs) It was almost like Gogurt kind of thing. You had to like squeeze it out of the package like that instead of actually eat this candy bar because it had like started to jelly. The wafers, you know, that are normally crisp were yeah. just chewy. It's gross. Yeah, and the chocolate had just dissolved. That's just it was disgusting. But I, you know, at that point I was committed, so I went for it. So, needless to say, I climb up in the Jeep or in the Jeep, excuse me, in the FJ. And I realize Angela's not noticed I'm pantsless, nor Nick. So I kind of have my shorts tucked up a little bit where they can't see it. And I'm just sitting there. It looks like I'm not wearing any pants at all. So that's when she flipped out. That's when I took the video (laughs) that is up on the Instagram. And, uh... But I do assure you, and and especially for Kendra that works at my radio station, who 
called me in Chicago in a panic, screaming at me, thinking that I was butt ass naked in the uh, FJ that she drives around for work. And I assure you, there were actually shorts. Nick couldn't back me up on there that. There were shorts, but anyway. but he didn't know it when he shot the video. No, 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 no. So off we go. We get to Chicago. We're we're getting ready to come into the city. And the last time we were there, there's a restaurant that I love to go to. It's a restaurant and bar. It's called the Billy Goat Tavern. If anybody has ever seen the Cheeseburger Cheeseburger skit from Saturday Night Live, that's based on the Billy Goat. Yes. And they have really good cheeseburgers. They have a horny goat if you're one to consume adult beverage. That's really good. It's kind of their signature drink. And I love to go to this place. It's a newspaper bar. Virginia Marmaduke, of all people who was a journalist in Chicago for a number of years. She was known as the Duchess up there. And she was from Southern Illinois and lived in Pinckneyville when I was a teenager and was one of the people that inspired me to get into journalism. She's the one that pointed out, if you go to Chicago, you have to go look at my picture at the Billy Goat. And I've been going back ever since. So I say that to say this. The last time we tried to go to Chicago... Billy Goat was closed for a private party, and so this time as we're driving Nick's up... Nick's gun shy. This time as we're driving up, I told Jeff, call the Billy Goat to make sure they're open. So and I did. He did. It was about 6, and, 6 p.m. And what did they say to me? He said they're open till 2, because they were just as rude on the phone as they are in person. Yes, it's kind of their shtick, but anyway. I said, I said, so you're open. Yeah, we're open till 2. I said, so you're open tonight. And she said, yeah, we're open till 2, and hung up on me. So we get there, and it's about 10 after 7. Anyone that has ever had to park in Chicago, since they have installed this new draconian parking system up there, it's just a nightmare, and I feel sorry for anyone that has to deal with it on a daily basis in Chicago. It's god-awful. We found street parking and paid $9. For two hours. For two hours. And so we walk down to the Billy Goat, and there's a giant sign plastered on the door that they're closed for a private party from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And we got there at what? Ten, ten after, after seven. Ten after seven. Yeah. And so Jeff kind of goes in and asks, like, you know, hey, I tried calling, blah blah blah, or I called and everything, and yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't matter one bit. Not one bit. Not one bit. I even called him and complained. Yeah. They told me to come back and get a free drink. <laughs> I said, I'm at not nine sure o'clock. I'm and not sure I'm coming back. We, yeah. So now at this point, as we're walking to the car, this is where things. This is where it goes off the rails. This is where suddenly things. I, I say that you have some culpability in this. <laughs> because at this point, okay, during the drive up to Chicago, I was searching for cigar lounges yes. in Chicago. Because we wanted to have a stick. We only had one in the FJ the entire time we were driving yeah, up. And Angela, really Angela well, was in the had, back seat. and she She's got asthma, and yeah. so we were trying to be polite. So, in the so pro- we only put her through one you know hour of torment. So in the process of so searching... Basically, had that inhaler in her mouth like a uh, like a snorkel. Yeah. Yeah. So in the process of searching for cigar lounges, I found a place in Chicago that advertises that they have um, cigars and barbecue. Yeah. Sounded intriguing. Sounded intriguing. And so, you know, obviously I assumed that it was like different buildings or something like that. And I figured, you know, hey, this is great. We can kind of kill two birds with one stone, get yep. some food and get some cigars. Exactly. And so uh, Jeff, the, and, and the reason this, this comes up is because after we leave the Billy Goat, instead of asking, okay, guys, where do you want to go eat? Jeff asks, where can we go get a cigar? In my defense, I said, let's look for something around here because we'd already paid for the parking. And you guys at that point just were disgusted and wanted to get out of the city. I no, get it. Yeah, we were tired of so the I, city. But I did ask. Yeah. 
So we, we decided, hey, you know what, let's go get some food. We can have a stick at this place. So we drive essentially over to Iowa. About 45 minutes to the west. Yeah. To one of the suburbs. I don't even know where. We, it, I, we, and, we, and we might as honest, well have been in Davenport. I would have to Google this place again to figure out the name of it. I'm not really that interested. And I and they didn't do anything wrong, so I don't want to like throw them under the bus. No, they did nothing wrong except for be busy, which good for them. I was going to say, they were busy. We got there. There was no seats available. And also... Their menu was extraordinarily limited. All they had were wings, they had rib tips, and they had these like jalapeno hot... Um, hot links or hot whatever. Links, I wanted know? to try that, by the way. And that was it. That was all they had. I mean, not a burger, nothing. I mean, so at this point, Ange and I are looking at the menu and we're like, yeah, we don't want to do this. And, you know, and even the cigars, I'll be honest, they had the, the a couple of, you know, wall humidors, but... I don't even know where we would have gone to go smoke because I, the, there was I didn't no smoking see, in the restaurant. Yeah, and I didn't we see were another building, and, and I'm assuming it was probably an outdoor thing with yeah. like you know heaters, and it was really cold. So anyway, so at this point, we're now standing outside of this restaurant trying to figure out what to do, trying not to get hit in traffic running across and the four lanes. That's when we decide that we're going to try and find food up by the hotel. This is where there. This is where the bitterness comes in with Nicholas Miller, and this is where I will freely admit that I screwed up in the planning. Just took his shiv out and shanked us you know, repeatedly, because, because tiny you, little jabs. Because you've never made a mistake, Jeff. You've never made a mistake. <laughs> never made oh, a mistake. I've made mistakes. I don't know if I've made one of these. Yeah, you have. You've tell, made. Tell you've, a, you've made mistakes. Nick booked us so, a hotel okay. in. Uh, what essentially was on the Canadian border. It was not. So anyway. Um, it was uh, about five miles. Oh, my miles, God. Let me just tell the thing. Five just miles north of Green Bay. It was not. So anyway, <laughs> look, we were going up there for a um, Freedom of Information Act conference put on by the Chicago Headline Club. And it was at Loyola University, but it was at the law school. The School of Law. Which is located in downtown Chicago. My problem was I googled hotels near Loyola University. Well, Loyola University is on the north, north, north side of the city and up in Evanston. And the problem with that was the only good way of getting there was for us to then turn around and go back to downtown and take Lakeshore Drive north all the way. So It was deja vu. It was a solid, <laughs> like, 45-minute drive, you know, to the hotel. So we're now rolling into Evanston probably about 10 p.m. After You've been driving in circles for three hours. Three hours. <laughs> um, we've, we've traveled around Chicago for three hours driving in circles, trying to find something to eat. And so we end up at um a pizza place we did find the bean though twice yes jeff found the damn bean <laughs> anyway you do know how to find the bean good lord anyway um we uh <laughs> oh lord anyway if you haven't been to chicago look for the bean we we got to this pizza place and it was pretty dead you know but it was 10 o'clock so yeah. i would expect it to be dead we didn't take it as a bad sign. No. And so we, we sit, so we sit down and we order our pizzas. And, you know, there was a miscommunication with the waitress. I was inquiring as to the size of the small pizza. Like, how big is the pizza? 
And she's like, it's about four pieces. And then she made this little motion with her hand, kind of indicating size. I thought that she was indicating that's the size of the pizza. And in, in, in this, you are not wrong because I took it the exact same way. But she was indicating that's the size of the piece. The slice. The slice. And there were four of those in the small pizza. Which would have been perfect. Yep. But because I thought that that was the size of the pizza, I went ahead and said, eh, I'm going to need more than that. So I ordered a medium, which was way too much. And I followed suit and did the same thing. So Jeff orders himself this pizza with a couple different toppings, including anchovies. Yep. So they bring these pizzas out to us 35 minutes later. Mine is warm, but not hot. Ish. Ish, at best. And I got sausage and green peppers. Well, anything with vegetable left, like, water. Yeah. It was it was swimming in a pool of its own juices. In it. So now at this point, my pizza is a little soggy, and I'm a little upset about Angela's that. Angela's was too, and so was mine. And yeah. But then the real kicker for Jeff is they forgot the anchovies. So what they did is they brought a plate of anchovies. On a bed of lettuce. On a bed of lettuce <laughs> out to him and said, here you go. And they were the most rancid, foul, smelly things Guys, I've ever encountered. These things had been sitting in a drawer for a few weeks. I've never, I mean, they were bait. They might as well have been fish bait. And I've never smelled anything this bad in my life. And horrible. I actually tried to eat them because I kind of felt bad that they, they brought, brought them, them out. out. And I, I, like, I had to end up scraping them off most of the pizza. I couldn't take it. It was gross. Oh, they stunk so bad. So anyway, so we ate our food and it was not the best. I, I will admit it well, was not the they best. They didn't have pizza sauce. They had chunks of tomato. Yeah. It didn't have like an actual like tomato sauce yeah not what i was expecting so that also didn't help but the we, crust was really good though yeah the crust was good they have a buttery crust yeah i don't want to say the name of the pizza place because i don't want to trash them i know i know god well it and pe- some people like it you know we got into that actually at the at the cigar lounge the next day you know some people were really surprised that we were up you know disappointed with them so i wanted a good saucy pizza i know so anyway so we made our way to the hotel and that's when it struck for Jeff. Yeah. <clears throat> I had to veer off. And I, you know what? I did this on purpose. I wanted to be nice to Nick. I destroyed the lobby bathroom. Yes, he did. He I didn't was, want to bring it to the room with me. He was gone for a solid 45 minutes. Yeah, sometimes I fall I mean, asleep. I, I was like texting you asking if you were okay. It woke me up when it buzzed. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So he gets up to the room. I think we probably shut off the TV and like... Called it a night at about midnight. 11.30 to midnight. Somewhere in that range. Midnight, <clears throat> you know. Now, you would think, <laughs> you would think at this point that that's the end of the story. But, oh, dear God, no, it's not. Because at 1.14, and I know it's 1.14 because <laughs> I checked my phone. <sighs> Nick, out of a dead sleep, screams at the top of his <laughs> effing lungs. And I'm laying facing away from him, you know, in the in the bed next to him. We had a double queen, you know, double queens in the room. So I roll over and I'm fully expecting a serial killer has broken into our hotel room and is stabbing Nick to death. And I thought I'm going to have to jump into action and save myself, and, you know, at the bare minimum. And oh. Nick's just laying in bed. So I say, Nick. And at that point, he starts screaming more. <laughs> repeatedly screaming. And I'm like, Nick, Nick. 
Because I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm lost. I'm completely lost. <laughs> so tell them what's going on, Nick. So every once in a while, this has now happened I, six times. This is now the sixth time. I'm so time. glad I witnessed one of these. <laughs> six times. Jesus. This is the sixth time in my life this has happened. Every once in a while, I get night terrors. Oh, and my God. Um, I can always usually remember, like, the dream or whatever it is that triggers them. Like, the very first time that I had this happen, um, the very first time I had this happen was back in college. And I was over at my buddy's place, and I... It was about 3 a.m. I'm on the futon and I roll onto my back and I open up my eyes and I could see five men in cloaks staring down at me. I contend this was Nick's first alien abduction. So anyway, but anyway, so, so yeah, so, and at that point I lost my ever loving mind thrashing around screaming and everything like that. And I woke myself up, realized that I'm by myself and went back to sleep. Another time I did it um, was at my in-laws, and I dreamt that I had driven my car into a lake and that my car was filling with water and I was going to drown. And, um, you know, my my wife came in and woke me up, and and uh, I kind of came too. Since then, I've had a couple others where there's a guy standing in the corner of my bedroom. Like, I, I feel like what I've was woken it, what up. What was he wearing? I'll get to that in a second. I feel like I've woken up. Like, in my mind, I've woken up, I open my eyes, I see the room in the darkness, and I just happen to see a man standing in the corner dressed in, like, a suit. Or First, one time it was in an overcoat and a top hat. Another time it was just a suit and a hat. And That's Hat Man, by the way, buddy. standing there in the corner just staring at me. You need to look that up on paranormal stuff. That's That's something that's discussed. So, anyway... So, then there was the other time with the giant spiders that were crawling up the bed and coming at me. And I'm thrashing about saying that they're spiders and my wife had to wake me up at that point, too. Anyway, this time, what's different about this time in Chicago with Jeff, I truly, honestly have absolutely 100% no idea what the trigger was. Yeah. Like, I, I was not dreaming. I just... The only thing I remember is I remember kind of like coming to and screaming, and then I heard you, and then once I heard you, my brain didn't process that I was in the room with you. All I heard was another male voice, Yep. and that scared the Freaked hell out, out of me, more. and so that's when I sc- started screaming more, and it was only at that point, that's when I, once I started waking up, from my screaming and your screaming, that at that point, that's when I, uh, I, I finally came to and stopped screaming. So Now, what he doesn't point out to you is within five minutes, he's back asleep snoring. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm shaking from the adrenaline <laughs> rush, and I'm wide-eyed at this point. It took me 45 minutes to get back to sleep because all I kept thinking was, when's he going to do it again? <laughs> well, and... and that's the thing. The last time this happened was, oh, God, years ago. I mean, it's probably been four or five years ago since I've had one of these. I, I've never. And for whatever reason, it just kicked in the other night. Guys, I've never experienced anything like that in my entire life. I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't have words to explain what. <laughs> I, I, like, me telling you this story on the podcast does not convey how <laughs> just mortifying this was. I, like, <coughs> I'm going to have PTSD. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. It was this was I, I don't even know. I mean I don't I don't know. So we all have to drag ourselves out of bed super early because again, you know, we're in Canada and we have to drive all the way back to Chicago to go to our conference. You're such a dick. Anyway. It sure felt like it. So that being said, we get up, we go downstairs, and we enjoy you know, a fairly nice continental breakfast. The hotel a, was that nice. That was not a continental breakfast. That was a straight-up breakfast, man. Yeah. They had eggs and bacon and wakey, uh, wakey, all eggs kinds and bacon. of different yeah. things. So, I mean, that was actually a really nice breakfast, I thought. Yeah. So, we get up and we take off driving. Now, I wish Ange was with us to talk about what went on because neither one of them would drive in the city. So, it was up to me. Like, it was just ignorant. What? I got you there. First of all, Jeff believes that lane lines are suggestions because he's like taking turns and going like veering into like the other lane and everything like that. You know, he he I would tell him I would direct him, hey, make a left at the upcoming light. And he would just sail right on through. And then we'd have to recalculate and everything like that. I mean, there was no paying attention to the navigation whatsoever. I have often said that I take my half out of the middle. Mm, God. I paid for half of the road. I'm going to use the half I want. Yeah, I, I can tell. So, <laughs> anyway. So, so, we, so, we get there, and... The, the conference sucked. Yeah. I, and I've gone to this for many years. And it, was, it was just horrible. Yeah. And it was filled with misinformation. Um, social justice warrior. Social justice warrior yeah. crap. And, quite frankly, a lot of the, the breakout sessions were not as advertised. You know, they're talking about hey, we're going to talk about XYZ, and instead we're going to do a half an hour infomercial for how great Evernote is. And so yeah. the long and short of it is it didn't take the three of us long to say, this sucks, let's bail. Yeah. And so we did. We did. And we found a nice cigar bar. We did Up Down. The Up Down Cigar Bar. And we went there. We met a nice guy from New York named Alex. Yeah, Alex was really cool. We had a really nice time talking to him. He had recently moved from Florida to New York and worked uh, out at the tip of Long Island at some resort. Yeah, and he was just in Chicago just on a whim. I guess a friend of his had invited him in to come to town and just hang out, and so he he did. He had a few hours, and he walked two and a half miles. Two and a half miles to come to the cigar lounge It was impressive. He was in a lot better shape than we are. Significantly better shape than we are. (laughs) But we had, I mean, it was... Getting to sit and talk to him kind of made the day calm down a little bit and round out. It was it was nice. So well, that was that was a good thing. So yeah. So we want to give a, a thanks to the Up Down Cigar in the heart of Old Town for giving us a little entertainment. It was a neat little neighborhood in the early part of the day, and then so then we had lunch. Potbelly. Yeah, we went to oh. Potbelly, and um, then from there, that's when we headed out to uh, Villa Park. And that's when Ange decided she had enough, had enough of, of our, us, yes. our fuckery. <coughs> and uh, that's when she uh, had us drop her off at a used bookstore. I think she referred to it at one point as the fucking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all all the stars aligned for complete stupid. Yeah, total yeah. stupid. That's the last stop we made before we made our way over to Ultimate Cigar Lounge and Hookah Bar. And we will get to that portion of our trip here shortly. So now it's time for Ask the Boys. But before we do that, what are you getting on your stick? I'm still getting the spice and the earthy notes. Yeah. I'm getting a spice. I can't put my finger on it. It's uh, maybe a clove kind of a taste. Maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. It's yeah. not. It's not pepper. I no, mean, it's, it's there is not. some pepper component to the cigar. There was but, when I started out, but yeah, it's more of a it's, it's a, a little different now. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe an allspice, clove, something. something. Yeah, something along that line. Something like that. Let's get into Ask the Boys. I would say we'll go ahead and do our regular Tuesday segment, Ask the Boys. So what questions uh, do we have today, Nicholas? So we've got a couple of questions. And the first one, I want to circle back to a question from last week from Kermudge Jim. Okay. Kermudge Jim asked you, but, you know, I guess it's kind of on all of us. Um, By that, you mean you and I? Exactly. Yeah. What is the chemical in coffee that sometimes makes it smell like a cigar? You know, now, did you research this? Because I've thought about this a little more. I did a little bit of research, okay. and I could not find any reference to an actual chemical. I don't believe there is. I think it's just darker. I think it's just longer roasted. And that's what I found. Yep. So I found that both that coffee roasting and tobacco leaf aging result in a higher sugar content and release of natural volatile oils. Okay. So it's basically releasing a different set of oils to roast it longer. And basically both tobacco and coffee have high amounts of aromatic nitrogenous compounds. And while they have different smells and aromas and whatnot, the breakdown can cause similar flavors. Fair enough. And, and so... And that was actually, like I said, I've taken some time because I know folks that roast coffee. I know um, a good friend of mine, Lisa, um, that owns a coffee shop in Waterloo, Illinois. It's okay. uh, the Bean Tree yeah. Coffee and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. cafe there. And I've seen her roast, and I know they're not adding anything to it. So the more I thought about that, you know, since we recorded the last episode, uh, you know, for Ask the Boys, I... You know, it kind of clicked with me. It's like, well, there's nothing added to it. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the only thing I can think of is that it's got to be the roasting process. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that, that kind of is our... Kind of circled back, cleared that up. Best guess there. Yes. Exactly. Um, now we're going to get to another question that I had to do a little bit of looking into and research for. Okay. This is from Instagram uh, follower Valen- Valentin Menendez Jonathan. And he writes, saying that he has a question that we might be able to answer. His question is, what is the difference between mold and plume on a cigar? Ah, that's a great question. Now, that's easy. Mold is a problem. Is bad and you don't want it. Plume is apparently a good thing. Yeah. So, mold grows on cigars... um, and quite frankly, anything that is too moist, okay? And the temperature's too high. Precisely. Yeah. So if, if you have too high of humidity going in your humidor and you have some high temperature, it'll produce a greenish, grayish kind of mold that cannot be scraped off. It's bad. If you try and scrape it off like with your nail, it can't be scraped off. And all you're doing is spreading spores at that point. Exactly. Yep. Plume, okay also called bloom, is crystalline, and it's grayish-white, and it looks like specks on a cigar. If you rub them or scrape them with your nail, they disappear, okay? Plume is a natural byproduct of an aged cigar. What it is is it's a sign that your 
Um, cigars are aging well, and basically it's solidified oil from the wrapper leaf. Mm. Okay. Whereas mold is just a sign that your cigars are too humid. You put in the man hours on this one. I like it. So what I found, rule of thumb, if the spots are a light, dusty powder, it's plume. If it's spotty or furry, it's definitely mold. Yeah. And you do not want to smoke it. Now, plume, when you when you encounter that, that means that your cigar is aging like super, super good. Yeah. And it's actually ideal at that point to smoke. Yep. But... Not all cigars actually will produce plume either. So you might have a really, really aged cigar, and it just may never plume. But it's all in how that tobacco, especially the leaf, I would assume, it's was aged. Precise. Well, yeah. and, and honestly, possibly even the type of leaf. I mean, maybe it wasn't a very oily leaf to start with, you know? Valid so point. anyway, so yeah, that, that would be the answer there. So I guess when in doubt, you can maybe take it to your local tobacconist and see if they can, you know, identify it but, personally. But guys, if you know it's mold, don't introduce the spores to your shop. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Personally, just that whole concept is weird to me. Yeah. I know that there's probably going to be a lot of cigar purists that are like, oh, my God, plume is great. And yeah. Why are you saying this? I don't want anything growing on my cigar. So, um <laughs> Yeah, especially I, you don't want the beetles hatching. Well, that's a whole different problem. Yeah. But yeah, but in terms of if I have a question of whether or not something is mold or not, I'm going to err on the side of caution and just assume it is. See, now I come at it from a different perspective because I do a lot of uh, uh, home fermenting. You uh, know, I've, yeah. I've made some wine. I've done a lot of like kimchi, sauerkraut. I do kombucha. And, you know, I... I've learned a lot about what is mold, what's yeast. What You know, yeast isn't necessarily bad on a ferment. The problem you get is if you don't control it or get the yeast off, that's where mold can then grow on that yeast floating on top of your ferment. Yeah. So you want to get rid of that. But in addition, you know, like with kombucha, you've got a what's called a SCOBY. That is a byproduct of the uh, fermentation process for the kombucha. And that SCOBY is what they call, it's a colony of bacteria and yeast. And basically, that's a good thing to have growing in your kombucha. But if you end up with anything green or black or blue growing on it, again, like you said, hairy, fuzzy, yep, that's bad and you got to dump it because that thing has put legs into your entire ferment. So, but, you know, yeast, on the other hand, will make these real pretty, almost like snowflake looking... Um, patterns on top of it and that isn't necessarily bad but you want to get that off because yeast will grow or i'm sorry mold will grow on that yeast yeah so you want to get rid of that by and large mold is just a bad thing yeah mold mold is a bad thing so unless it's on oranges or bread which is technically uh you know kind of a penicillin yeah, type thing but i'd much rather get that from a pharmacist and not just take a piece of fruit from my bowl and See, say i'm just gonna lick it and that's where nick and i differ because <laughs> I've been known to medicate, you know, I I grew up on a farm, and we always had antibiotics laying around, you know, for the animals. I, I've used those myself to treat things because I don't like going to the doctor. Okay. And I know I'm not a medical professional, and I don't encourage anyone to do it. I've done it. it I'm still here. Well, there you go. So Now, we did receive um, pretty much the same question from both Barbells and Beers and Craddock Dennis. Okay. They both two, wanna, two really good listeners we have. Barbells and Beers asked if we discuss music while smoking, and Craddock Dennis wants to know what kind of music we like. So basically wanting to know our music tastes. Yeah, and you know what? That, I think, can be covered 
you know, in part with our trip because we found an 80s station coming out of Springfield. <laughs> and we just sang our asses off at, you know, 1, 2 in the morning coming home. Mm-hmm. And had a blast. I'll tell you, by and large, in terms of my music, I'm not much of a music guy. Like, I like music. I like, I, li- I know what I, it's kind of like art. I know what I like. And if I like it, I like it, you know? Um, I'm all over the place. I, I, you I was going to say, I don't really have a specific genre or thing or whatever that I like. I'm not much of a concert guy. I don't really tend to go to a lot of concerts. Although I've gone to a concert with you. And it was wonderful. True. They might um, be giants. Yes. Yeah, I we had a blast at do that. Do like they might be giants? And, um... You know, it's funny. Like, yeah. I, I grew up listening to Christian rock. Yeah. And, you know, I also listened to a lot of punk stuff. You know, as a kid, I liked some heavy metal. I'm all over the place. Yeah. I, I'm... My experience in country music is not very broad. Some of it I know. I grew up listening to old country with my mom and dad. Yeah. And, you know, the old... I'm not a fan of the old twangy country. See... You know, I know. It, at the time, I didn't appreciate it, but now when it comes on, like, I know all the songs. You yeah. know, the old the Tammy Wynette and, you know, the old Dolly Parton stuff. My dad's a huge Dolly Parton fan, loves Dolly Parton to this day. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. You know, so I grew up listening to Kenny Rogers, and, you know, I mean, it's just it's one of those things. I will say, in terms of, like, more contemporary, newish kind of music, I do, and, and this is where I'm going to sound like the old, you know, the old part, you know, turn your music down. These kids today. I really don't find much newer stuff that I'm that I'm really getting into. Well, and see, I'm different there because I mean, I own a top forty radio station. I know, and you know, I've I've learned to appreciate some of that music. I, you I know, just, and I still like the classics. I know. I just like the old. You know, give me some old rock and roll. Give me some some yeah, yeah Little Bob Seger. You know, I mean, just something seventies, yeah. eighties. I'm fine with that. You know, maybe a little 90s, but I'll be honest, even 90s music started to kind of suck. And, I mean, that was my area of growing up. But Well, and, you know, I went to ACDC a couple of years ago here in St. Louis, right before the lead singer dropped out, um, you uh-huh, know, because he was having uh-huh. issues with his hearing. And went to see, you know, see ACDC and loved it. Went with you to They Might Be Giants, you and Laura, and I've had seen, a blast. I've seen Foo Fighters, I think, three times in concert. Thank God they're out there fighting Foo for you us. You know, it's true. What, it's true. What does the name Foo Fighters mean? You've to- asked me this before. I don't know. I don't remember. In World War II, that were they were the unidentified flying objects that the uh, bomber pilots and fighter pilots would see fighting in Europe. Oh, okay then. They, they when they couldn't explain what they were, they called them Foo Fighters, and that's where the name comes from. All right. And then, uh, you know, but so I mean, it's one of those things. I've gone to see Foo Fighters three times, and I drove up to Chicago. You know what? A little over a year ago to go see Phil Collins in concert, and so that's I a mean, story we're going to circle back to on another subsequent yeah, yeah, podcast because the idiot, the stupid, followed me on that trip too, and yes, I was by yes. myself. But anyway, um, so I mean, yeah, so we're kind of all over the place in terms of music. I'll be honest; I'm perfectly fine with throwing on. I, you know, if you notice the intro music and outro music for the show, I'm perfectly fine with just throwing on some some easy jazz or something like that just to have a little bit of just music you know it doesn't necessarily have to have lyrics or anything like that when i cook i go on some some music i go all hannibal lecter and play like classics you know the you know i'll play like bach or beethoven or tchaikovsky and just drives kristen insane oh lord everything you do drives kristen insane well i mean it is me so 
circling back to barbells and beers and Craddock Dennis, then I'll finish up the rest of their questions. Barbells and beers asked if we had any Mardi Gras plans because this past weekend was Mardi Gras. Well, technically it's Tuesday. It's it's the day the cast comes out. Well, that's Fat Tuesday. Yep. But you know, Saturday was the, the big parade, the big here, parade in Louis, here in yeah. St. Louis, and, and we were in Chicago. We were in Chicago, and it was fifty-five degrees here in St. Louis, and apparently extraordinarily busy down in the Soulard. Oh, area. I bet. I've been so, down there before. I I'll like tell it. you, folks, if you're interested in Mardi Gras, but for maybe you're a little intimidated by the idea of New Orleans, come to St. Louis for their Saturday Mardi Gras. Because they do a hell of a... It's probably, the what, the second largest Mardi Gras in the country? In the country, and I think it's only third behind maybe Rio. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, we, we do Mardi Gras big in St. Louis. Yeah, we do. And it's just an all, Great parade. All-day party. All-day drunk fest over there. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Mardi Gras. If you like to people watch, it's the place to be. Exactly. So, so, no, in terms of this year, Mardi Gras, we didn't really have any... He wants to know if we have any past stories of Mardi Gras. I tend to not go down there too much, mostly because it is just such a large group of highly intoxicated people. I've gone several times over the years, and I I enjoy Mardi Gras, but I love New Orleans. So when Mardi Gras is going on in St. Louis, it has that vibe, that feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just... I get very claustrophobic with that many people around and everything. Yeah. I don't like... I'm good with groups of people. I'm not great with large groups of people. Yeah. And well, that, that's... It's intimidating and I and yeah. I just... I don't dig it. And especially with all that booze and everything else. It's I'm like, going to be honest. It adds an element of just wackiness There are to beads it. and boobs and I'm happy. Well, no, I'll give you that. Yeah. So... I admit it freely. <laughs> anyway. Craddock Dennis wants to know if we're ready for our Irish car bomb challenge. Oh God! And the answer to that is no. Yeah, that's a that's a hard. That's no. a hard no. <laughs> I am not a, I'm not ready for that. I, I'm not a stout beer drinker. I don't drink Guinness, and so this whole thing is just one of those things that, quite frankly, just does intimidate me. I'm going to do it, but it does intimidate me. And he wants to know if we've ever seen the movie The Darkest Hour. The Darkest Hour. The, the Darkest, Darkest Hour. hour uh, Churchill. Is, that was the Churchill yeah. movie with Gary Oldman. Yep. And um, oh, do they reference the cross-dressing in it? Oh Lord, I've never seen it. They do not. Are you sure? Have you seen it? Yes, I've oh, seen okay. it. It's a fantastic movie, and he's smoking stogies the entire friggin' movie. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. But no, it's a really good movie. It talks all about you know Churchill and his kind of rise. To so they they downplay the cross-dressing. Yeah, it's not mentioned. <laughs> not mentioned. <laughs> But it, it's a really good movie. It talks about how you know how he had to to deal with um, the the rise of Nazi Germany and and had to kind of rally everybody and to to you know be oh, willing Churchill, to fight. And everything. Churchill held so, the line, man. Yeah, yeah, and he it, saved England. It's a great movie. So no, I, I enjoyed the Darkest Hour. Yeah. Now what else have we got here? BB Humus Smart wants to know how we first got interested in cigars. Um, we've kind of touched on that before, but, you know, just to recap here, uh, you and I were out in Las Vegas in July of 2018, and we were walking through Caesars Palace past the Monte Cristo Lounge. You wanted to go inside and get some smokes, and so I went in with you, 
And I think it was the combination of being in Las Vegas, being in this gorgeous humidor, seeing all these really nice cigars on display everywhere, and I'll also admit the really good-looking blonde Russian lady that was working didn't in the hurt. humidor that didn't hurt. Didn't hurt one and bit. And so I went ahead and bought a couple sticks, just, you know, went in Rome kind of thing, and we didn't smoke anything there. We actually brought them back to Illinois and sat outside and lit them up. And He's I, been hooked. It's been ever since. It was one of those things where it was – a nice release that allowed me to sit and just kind of chill for an hour yep. and, and decompress. And it was just one of those things that I just had to do. So. I, on the other hand, have a little backstory to this that I've never relayed on the podcast that I think would be appropriate since the question's been asked. Oh, my. Yep. And you haven't even heard this. Oh, my. So I've been smoking cigars and a pipe since I was basically 16 years old. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of those cigars I smoked when I was younger were just Swisher Sweets and whatnot. But what got me started is... Um, I had a group of friends, Brent Shorn, Chris Rickenberg, you know, guys from high school that I was friends with, Joel Boswell, um, who was later a YouTube pilot. So, you know, I was hanging around some good company here. Yeah, yeah. And we would go camping a lot. And we would always set up a campfire. And my friend Brent even built this little, like, horrible cabin in the middle of the woods. And, I mean, we were all so proud of it. And it was, like, our spot to go to. Uh-huh. But one of the things that we would do when we sat around the campfire is we would make party joints. Now, the when you hear that, you think we're smoking marijuana. I no. assumed not. No, we're Hoosiers. We're rednecks. We're just idiots, uh-huh. you know. And basically what we would do is we would take part of a paper bag or whatever it was, and we'd roll up corn silks. We'd roll up, you know, say, straw, hay, and we would act like we were smoking. That's literally what got me started smoking. Did you ever light that stuff? Oh, Yeah. That probably tasted horrible. Yeah, they were they were probably a 60, 80 ring gauge. That probably tasted absolutely horrible. It did, but it's what got me started. Okay. And then I thought, well, that tastes horrible. I'll try a cigar and, you know, I no like it. No wonder you'll smoke a Swisher. It tastes better in comparison to corn silk and twigs. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not proud. That cardboard, it just... By you know. no means am I proud. Oh, my God. Anyway... And then uh, we do have a couple more questions here from Travis Seibert. He wants to know, besides cigars and newspapers, what else are you all passionate about? Hmm. I'm a giant comic book nerd. I've said that before. Yeah, he is. I'm a giant comic book nerd, and I love movies. I'm, again, and I mentioned this earlier, I'm big into fermenting. Um, I, I have ulcerative colitis. I've had it since I was 12 years old. And it's one of those things where, you know, in all honesty, I haven't taken any medicine in 10 years. Now, I'm not recommending that to anyone else, but I have, in my mind, controlled what was a really rough disease that I've dealt with most of my life through drinking kombucha, um, you know, kevier, kever, however you want to pronounce it, fermented milk, um, you know, yogurts, anything with acidophilus um, or any myriad of other good probiotic, you know, bacteria kind of things that you can put into your body. And, you know, through getting into fermented foods, I've essentially controlled, or at least in my mind, I've controlled it because I haven't had any issues. I haven't taken any medicine. I haven't been to the doctor to speak of for probably 10 plus years. Well, there you go. And it was something that has dogged me my entire life and I'm not dealing with it anymore. So your hobby is fermenting things. My hobby is fermenting. I also, well, you know, I like to organic garden. You do your garden. I do a lot of organic gardening. Um, you know, I am worried about pesticides, um, GMOs, Roundup, you know, herbicides, you know, all. It, I'm scared that we're poisoning our planet and we're definitely poisoning our food supply. 
All right. And I know a lot of people take umbrage with that and think that I'm insane and, you know, they look, stare at me like I've grown two heads. But um, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I genuinely believe in. I've seen the effects that a lot of these chemicals have over time on the soils. They were killing our uh, soil, you know, food. Uh, there's basically a food web under the ground. And it's, you know, it's all these different little, you know, like microorganisms that live in the soil. And they basically communicate with the roots and they help bring in nutrients and things for the roots. And in a lot of our farm fields, we've just killed that by pouring chemical fertilizers and, you know, other chemicals onto our uh, soils. So, yeah. Well, this has been the gardening minute with Jeff. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my, my big passion as far as journalism is, uh, you know, government transparency. Which, again, is why we went to the conference we went to. It didn't quite pan out like it has for me in years past. But I've actually been a speaker at that conference you on have. a couple of different occasions. And it's just one of those things that, you know, I believe the government's using our tax dollars. And they need to be open and transparent about how they do that. And, you know, I hate to say this, most of the government officials and bureaucrats that I've ran into, elected officials and whatnot, don't agree with me on that and think they should do whatever they want. It's unfortunate. It really is. Am I lying? No, no, yeah. it's not. So those are my passions. So he wants to also know if we're not running, if we weren't running newspapers, what would we be doing for work? It, I took a break from journalism for a while and sold cars. I actually managed a family video. Nick also worked at a family video. For a hot not, minute. Not at the same time. And, um, you know, so I've done some other things like that. And I'd be in some kind of sales. I mean, that's kind of in my blood. I'm, just, I'm always selling something. Yeah. You know. I'd probably be in politics. Mm-hmm. Because um, I did do political. But you kind of are. I did political work before I started the newspaper and everything, and so, you know, it's not. I'd, I'd probably end up being some political, you know, gun, gun for hire that would. Come You'd be in the guy fighting against my FOIA. I'd be coming in and helping <laughs> campaigns and yeah. that kind of thing. Or yeah, that's like more that. your I mean, thing. I would. I, you know, I know that you're um, good at campaigns. I know. You and I, our friend John are really good at campaigning. But it's so obnoxious. Though, I know, too. but but man, you're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what and I'm I, not, but Nick is. You know, what would I like to do? That's a whole different thing. I don't I, even I, I think even if Nick know. and I had our druthers, we would own a little tiki bar in the Florida Keys. A little tiki bar, little, live on the beach, little cigar lounge, just kind of hang out, but Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh that takes money and yeah. And uh, yeah. and you, skills. You don't have that when you're <laughs> running a newspaper. No, so. no money at all. Yeah. Support your local journalism, folks, please. So, and then finally, his last question and the last question for the Ask the Boys segment is: He says that he's kind of gathered that I'm not much of a whiskey guy, and he wants to know what my drink of choice is, and he wants to know if you are a whiskey guy and what your drink of choice is. In terms of me and my drink of choice. Boy, you know, I really burnt myself out hard in college. <laughs> like, really, really hard. Yeah. Like, I cannot overemphasize just how much stupid partying I did in college. And, you know, my drinks of choice back then were uh, screwdrivers and Long Island iced teas. Okay, um, then. And uh, copious amounts of beer. Um, since then, after kind of, like, throttling back really, really hard... I'll have a beer every once in a while, typically something kind of light. A screwdriver every once in a while is not bad. I like, you know, at this point, I've kind of come to the des the the decision that if I'm going to drink something, I don't want it to be something that I'm having to choke down or 
or not enjoy just because it's manly. Yeah. You know, I want something that tastes good. The problem is most of the drinks that taste good are typically considered to be girly drinks. You and like something so, with an umbrella in it. I, yeah. Maybe some fruit on the side. Give me something with, like, a lot of fruit juice, something that tastes good, you know, that maybe has a little buzz to it or something like that. That's fine. But, you know, yeah, for the most part, that's what I do. So that's why if you're hearing me in the Friday whiskey segments, you know, lately I've been doing um, whiskey with pineapple juice. Yeah. Just because, quite frankly, I mean, I hit it with a whole lot of pineapple juice. I get a little bit of that whiskey bite. But for the most part, it's just pineapple juice. Yeah. I, on the other hand, you know, I mentioned kombucha earlier. I'm a big fan of kombucha. In addition, coffee. Coffee and tea. I'm not a big alcohol I think he's drinker. Asked, I was saying, I know, he's asking but I'm alcohol. not. I mean, well, if we're talking <coughs> regular drinks, yeah. I'm I'm an iced tea guy all the way. Unsweet. We're Yankees. Unsweet. Iced tea all the way. Boy, there's nothing I worse. I drink gallons of it a day. Nothing worse. <laughs> Than ordering a tea and having the waitress bring you sweet tea when you're not expecting it. Oh, I know. Oh, it's just a shock to the system. Dude, the wor- no, no, no. I'll give you one worse. Okay. Is when you go through the drive-thru at McDonald's and you order an unsweet tea. And they give you a sweet tea after, and you don't realize it until after you've oh. pulled away. And you take that first sip and that sweetness just hits. Because do you realize that there is more sugar in a McDonald's, a large McDonald's sweet tea than two Snicker bars? Yeah. It's insane how much sugar's in that. Yeah. So, yeah, I hate it, that Nothing so makes me rage harder than and that. And I wish to God, instead of calling it sweet and unsweet, they would call it sweet and plain. Or regular. Or regular. Just so that it was a different word, because those stupid drive through boxes never process the un Well, it's not unsweet. the box. It's the people that we're going to be paying $15 an hour to that can't uh, I think tell it's the a difference. little of column A and a little column of B. Yeah, you're, you're kinder than I am. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, I always, when I go up, I always say, un, sweet iced tea. I, I say, hard what I do is I say, I say, I want to, I want an iced tea. Most of the time they'll ask, sweet or unsweet. And what I then say is unsweet, plain. Yeah. I, I hit it with the plain. Yeah. Because that's the only way I'm going to. The only way to drive it home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. I'm a, I'm a huge coffee guy. Like Nick said, he'll drink gallons of tea a day. I'll drink a lot of tea, but I'll drink a I'll drink a whole pot of coffee, and I'll turn it off, let it go cold, and I'll just drink it all day long. I'll I'm, ice it down. I'm not a coffee drinker. Oh no, I've never seen you I'm drink not coffee. A, not a coffee drinker. I like the smell of coffee, but I do not like the taste of coffee. So well, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. But anyway, so that would be this week's segment of Ask the Boys. If you have questions for us and want to ask them, I mean, obviously you can ask about anything you want. Um, and we'll answer them whether we know the answer or not. Like an easy girl at a frat party, we're taking all comers. So hit us up with your <laughs> questions. You can never e- gets old. You can either email your questions to us by going to the contact the pulpit page on cigarpulpit.com, or you can hit us up with a DM through Instagram at either one of our pages, either the Cigar Pulpit or Naked Gator. N e k k i d Gator. There you go. Well, that was a great Ask the Boys. I like Ask the Boys. It's a good time. It is. So it's we're all it it, it lets us branch out. Talk about it gives us something to talk about that the listeners obviously want to know. So before we get into our glorious event that we had, and by the way, thank you to the Ash Holes. Yes, 
Yeah, Carlo, that was Carlos put on a wonderful event. Yeah, he really did, and we hijacked it. How is your uh, AJ Fernandez stick here? Um, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I've got good construction. The burn line's good. It's staying lit, um, despite how much I'm talking, and I'm still getting that spicy kind of earthy how flavor. Do, how do you from pronounce it. this? The Dias de Gloria. Dias de Gloria. I, I think. Yeah, we can just sing Gloria. I could do that. Mm-mm. Gloria. No, no singing. No, why? Because then we might have to pay royalties for the song. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I just wanted to do a tribute to the blues right there. No. By the way, we won the Stanley Cup, so yeah. everybody else can suck it. Suck it. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we got to the Ultimate Cigar Lounge and Hookah Bar. It. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to say this. I know exactly where you're about to go. Okay. When you pull up, it is unassuming. Yes. That is a good way of putting it. Yep. It's unassuming. Um, you wouldn't expect when you pull up to the building what you're going to encounter when you go inside. Yeah. It is... Well, first of all, you don't realize it's anywhere near as deep as it is. No, it's huge. This building is huge. Like, when you look at it from the outside, you're thinking it's like a very small bay in maybe a two or three location little strip mall. Yeah. Okay. And it, it is not. It and is deceivingly large. You go large. inside, and it just goes on for miles. It's like the call box on uh, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah. yeah, bigger it's on the exactly inside. Exactly what it was like. Bigger on the inside. So we go in, and uh, it, just a glorious humidor. Just it is I can't a say fantastically enough. Fantastically large humidor. I took a picture. Lots of product of the humidor. I did a pano shot of the humidor. And obviously, we can't post that on Instagram, but we are going to, I think, put it We're up, gonna put on, it the up on Facebook. We're going to put it up on Facebook, yeah. because yeah, you'll be able to see it. Blow this up and look at this humidor, guys, because it is phenomenal. Really well stocked. Lots of options. Lots of stuff. Good selection of both, like, the big name stuff, but then also some boutique stuff. Well, I mean, it was it was really nice. What was that stick I had? They had a, a new stick to the humidor, oh, and I it tried by, it. It was by HVC. Yeah. It's an HVC stick, and it is, I mean, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, it was a really, really nice humidor. And then you go further in, and they have a the lounge that we sat in. Yep. It was a nice big open room, lots of really plush, big leather chairs. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and Earl. Many leather-bound books. It smelled of rich mahogany. So so Earl, who works there, he's he's in the Illinois ash holes, and he's the manager of this. This guy could not be a better dude. You know, retired police officer and everything like that, but he was telling us that they pride themselves on their furniture. Oh, yeah. And, and they should. They should. So they've got some big screen TVs kind of, you know, up on the walls. So it's, I mean, great for viewing sports and everything. And then, you know, there's a couple of sliding. We big, watched a Rangers game on yeah. the uh, TVs there. Well, really we, uh, XFL was first and then the yep. Rangers game. Yeah, yep. exactly. So a couple of big sliding wood doors. Um, you go past those and that opens you up into the rest of the building, which they have. Is is one huge room, but they've sectioned it off. They've into sectioned smaller, it off into smaller yeah. rooms, and so you have all these little nooks, these private little nooks that you can have your little little groups. And, and that's where most of the hookah happens. Most of the hookah yep. happens back there. But you know, if you want to go back and smoke cigars back there, you can. And you know, it's dark, it's intimate, it's it's a nice place. And I had, I mean, it was great. It was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And then they also had... If you're in Chicagoland or going to be in Chicagoland, you got to look this place up. And That's then, all there is to it. And then next door to that, they also have a bar. 
Okay. Now the with, bar with a gaming room with and a gaming I mean, it's room got it and everything else. Now yeah. it is um, a separate business. You can't smoke in the bar, you know, or anything like that. Yep. But you can go over there, grab a drink, and bring it back over to the lounge. It's a great setup. I mean, it, they've got it down. And then yeah. the third, the third bay in the in the strip is a liquor store that is not affiliated or anything in like any that. Way. It, it's yeah. just it's just next door. But it was great. It was wonderful. Yeah. And so we got there and met up with some of the assholes. Yeah, there was um, there were probably eight or nine of us. I would say, wouldn't you? There, were, you know, and there were probably closer to a dozen or more over time because some people trickled in, some people trickled out. We had one gentleman come up from Springfield, yeah, just to come up and meet with us, and I thought that well, was so nice. And see, and that's the whole thing about this group is that you know we are a statewide group and. We the the Ashholes of Illinois only founded, I guess, in maybe like August you, of last year. You were year. a founding member, yeah. Yep. And and so it, we're not very big, and we haven't done a meetup yet. And this yep. is the first, and and our coming up to Chicago was actually the first opportunity to do a meetup where some of the southern guys could come up and and take part. And so yeah, we came up, um, and it. This could not have been a better group of people. There were some women associated with it. There were yeah. a bunch of guys. I mean, Mike. Mike came up from Springfield. Yep. You know, we had um, we we're, had Steve. I, I hope we don't leave anybody out, but we yeah, appreciated trying, everybody I'm, I'm that showed up here. We had Steve. We had Carlos. You know, we had Andy and his wife Shannon. Um, they were delightful. We had. Uh, I mean, there were there were a number of people that. That showed up to this, so I mean, it was it was great, and, and we it, had a we had a wonderful time. We we witnessed something that we've heard about before. So there was a gentleman there, and he couldn't have been nicer, but he's only been smoking cigars since like New Year. Steve, Steve, yeah, and Steve, you know, came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, I need some recommendations." And I said, "You got to talk to Nick. Nick's Nick's, you know, I I have cigars I like, but Nick knows his product." But he followed you around. But he did, and we we kind of struck up a little friendship and talked a little bit. And I recommended the Leaf by Oscar. Yeah. Because it's one of my go-to sticks. And, and he tried it. But he tried a Lancero. Yep. He was talking up, He was just talking up this Lancero yeah. to everybody. I mean, he's smoking this thing, and he's talking about how great it is. And over the course of our time there, like two or three other people went into the humidor and all bought that Lancero because he was talking it up and t and and hyping it up and talking about how they great it was. They probably sold 10 of those cigars that night. Well, because he ended up buying another like three or four when he left. Yep. So yeah, just from one guy picking one thing up and talking about it in the lounge, the it the, the spread like it wildfire. Spread and yep. everybody just, I mean, that word of mouth, that hype just spread throughout the, the group. And before long, yeah, you're right. They probably sold like 10 of those Lanceros that night. Yeah. And one of the things that the manager pointed out to us, and I've, I've never really had anybody explain it to me this way. But if you want to get the actual true taste that the blender has put together in a cigar, get a Lancero. Yeah. Because that's going to give you the most true representation of what they expected out of that cigar when they put it together. Well, the proportions of filler binder wrapper. Exactly. And everything. Yeah. And that had never been... That had never really been explained to me before. Yeah, I thought it, and was it makes perfect sense. It's kind of a ring gauge preference. Exactly. You know? But yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. We sat and talked and got stories from other people. We told a lot of our dumb shit. Yeah, yeah. We, like I said, we hijacked the event, and I apologize if we told too many. But at one point, I even said, hey, are you guys tired of this, or you want to hear another story? And like, yeah, let's hear another story. 
And, you know, we basically admitted to several felonies. <laughs> we are entertainers. I'll give us that. Um, and so it just kind of happened that way. But, you know, but it's one of the... Carlos works for um, Metra mm-hmm. and drives the Orange Line train in Oh, I was Chicago. fascinated by his stories. And he yep. was talking about doing that. I mean, it was it was an interesting time. We, it really was. We had a good time talking with everybody. And These were good, rock-solid folks. And it was one of those things. It was the quintessential Cigar Lounge experience, you know. I'd known these guys, you know, through Instagram, mm-hmm. but I'd never met a single one of them in person. But we knew every and one of them. As soon as we yep. walked in, it was just like boom, friends. Yeah, and it was old home hanging week. out and yep. talking and just getting to know everybody, and it was a fantastic time. It yeah. was wonderful. And I'll tell you, it, what was really great, the part that like I loved was that moment when we're all in the humidor. Yeah, and we're all picking out our sticks. Yeah, and that place is just busy and there's this buzz in the air and we're just all going around and we're all talking to one another about what cigars we like and everything else and everybody's picking out stuff and asking hey what did you get what did you get and everything else and you know then we go in the other room and sit and light up and it just kind of it was just wonderful yeah it really was and i'm gonna throw this in and because i'm that guy and i'm just gonna do it we actually had planned to have this event at another lounge and they told us take a hike they didn't want us there and i'm thinking are you guys insane? Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Ultimate could not have been better well, to us. And a lot of a lot of business was done that night. Personally, I think it worked out for the best. Oh, absolutely. Because the initial location, I'm not going to say where it was. Can but I? the I, yeah, I would prefer not. Yeah. I don't want to give them any, any publicity, good yeah. or bad. Yeah. But what I, I, I want to trash them, but, but what I, I, will, I won't. But what I will say is this. It was a, it was a more upscale... You know, downtown Chicago lounge. It was very frou-frou. And, you know, they not only were charging for the sticks, but they would also have hit us all for $15 for a day pass for the lounge. And they... And, and uh, then they wanted, like, hundreds and hundreds yeah, they wanted of dollars. A, they wanted a $600 event fee from us. This wasn't an event. This was just, you know, eight or nine... guys getting was, together to smoke. This was eight or nine people getting together to smoke. We happened to post it on Instagram because we wanted to well, bring business. we wanted business. to coordinate yeah. everybody coming to one location at one time. Yeah. I don't know if... I, this. It's not like I was bringing in cigars to sell. I wasn't... We weren't bringing in food. I mean, this was not an event. We didn't have some sort of, like, fee. We just showed no, up and wanted to hang out and meet people. it was just a coordinated yeah. meetup. Yep. And... But personally, I think it worked out for the best for other reasons, And too. ultimate, the, the manager is one of the assholes. I would say Earl is an asshole. Yep. And I thought it was great that we patronized one of the guys in the group. I thought that worked out even better, truth be told. So, Oh, I, I don't think we'd have had near the fun time we had if we hadn't gone to ultimate. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And so I'm really glad it kind of all came together the way it did. It, it worked out, you know, for the best. Yes. Absolutely. You know, we, we stayed there for a good five hours. I yeah. Mean, we. I mean... We got there a little bit before three. Yeah, we were a little early. It was probably about two thirty ish, maybe. Yeah, and, and I had to um, change in the parking lot. Yeah, Jeff had to change his <laughs> shirt in the parking lot because he was still wearing the same drug rug that he was wearing all day the day before. And I thought, you know, I should I'll meet new people. I should probably actually wear, cl- you know, decent clothes, nice clothes. Yeah. And so we went inside, but they kept trying to take pictures of me while I was changing in I, the parking lot. I did. <laughs> Because I was gonna <laughs> post pictures. Of I your, made him delete them. Post pictures of your moobs online, but I didn't. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, we happy uh, party Gras. Yeah, I know, right? But we did. Uh, we did. We hung out until oh man, it was a little after eight. I think by the time we we left, and then we got on the road, and then we got on the road, and 
It was a drive. We We're were five hours. We were tired. Yeah. And you know, we stopped for food in Bloomington, and that went, went to a steak and shake and, and ate way too much. And that all of us ordered chili, which was a horrible idea to be horrible. Idea. Yeah, hot boxed in a FJ Cruiser but for we, uh, another three and a half, four hours. But we we all ate, I think, too much, and at least in my case, it put me to sleep. Um, I told Ange. She took the next uh, route. She was she was going to take the the shift from Bloomington to Springfield. Then yeah. she was supposed to pull off at Springfield, so that I could you know take over. And we were about thirty miles north of Springfield. And I shut my eyes and said, "I'm going to rest for a bit. You know, let me know when we get there." Yeah. You guys didn't do that. You waited until we well, got to Farmersville. We got to Springfield, and I I leaned over to Angela and I said, "Hey, is Baby Huey awake?" And she just looked at me and just shook her head. And I said, you good to drive? I said, I'll take over. And she goes, oh, no, I'm good. So we made it to Farmersville. And then she decided, hey, you know, I'm starting to get a little slug nutty. I want to pull over. Yeah. So we pull over at Farmersville. Well, Nick wakes up and has no idea where we are. So I told him we were still an hour north of Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells me, by the way, you're up for driving. And I'm thinking, I was supposed to drive at Springfield. <laughs> but but anyway, I didn't quite trust him, so that's when I got out Google Maps and determined that Farmersville is actually about 30 miles south of Springfield. Yeah. And so at that point, I took over driving and got us to my house. Yeah. And then from there... I tried to talk him into driving me to Waterloo, but he wouldn't do it. Well, yeah, because then how am I getting home? <laughs> you could have Ubered. Uh-huh. At 3 in the morning, I'm <laughs> calling an Uber in <laughs> Illinois to take me home. So Exactly. Good luck with that. I know, right? Yeah. But it was... You know, we it, the trip was so dumb, and the event at uh, Ultimate was so good. It 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 really, I mean, it, you know, it gave us a good story to tell. Oh, which we just did. I mean, realistically, any trip you and I go on oh, has yeah. elements of dumb. Oh, there's no way oh, you and yeah. I are going to go on a trip and not have a dumb one. Which, speaking of which, we are going to be going on another trip this week. We're going to be heading out to Indianapolis. We'll on probably fr- tell some of these same stories again that you'll never hear on the podcast. I say, Friday the 28th, we'll be hitting the road, heading to Indianapolis. That evening, I know my dad lives out in Indianapolis, so mm-hmm. I we're going to have dinner with my folks that night. And then possibly after that, uh, we'll go find a lounge, yeah. you know, and everything. And then um, Saturday, we are going to... Um, a barrel burner event. We are, but prior to that, actually, oh, you got we're, we're going to another event. Well, it's not really an event. I want to clarify in case they hear this and you know decide to hit us with some event fee or something like that. I swear to God, this is not an event. We're just coming to smoke. We're meeting up with Rob and anybody else who wants to meet up with us at Smoker's Choice in Brownsburg. Um, we're thinking probably maybe in the neighborhood of like, I don't know, noon. Noon thirty, yeah, something whenever like that. we drag our happy asses out. Exactly, but it's got a huge humidor. There's a bar next door, and everything like that. So we're gonna we're gonna head on over to Smoker's Choice in Brownsburg on Saturday, and then from there we're gonna make our way over to Sticks, where at six p.m. that night the Barrel Burners are putting on an event, and that is not only an event with the Barrel Burners, it's also a Cigars for Warriors event. Oh, so that's awesome. We'll get to. Get to make some donations to Cigars for Warriors and help get the troops some sticks. So if you are in and around uh, Indianapolis, please come out and meet up with us. We'd yeah. love to get to know you, you know, exchange a few stupid stories and like you said, smoke some cigars. Like you said, we're going to be telling the stories that we just, for legal reasons, probably don't <laughs> want to ever say on uh, based any on sort of pre-recorded podcast. Based on the reactions that we got Saturday night, no, yeah. they should never no, make the podcast. Well, that one especially. 
that I won't even tell. I won't even everyone to. Everyone was so appalled at us. Yeah, it was a thing. It yeah, was, it was a thing. So we uh, we will not be sharing those stories on the podcast. But well, maybe someday. Eh, probably not. We gotta. We'll check into the statute of limitations and then we'll talk. I think for right now, it's safe to say probably not, and that they are just going to be too soon. The uh, stories that you hear in person, yes, at an alive a live event. So <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, we're so stupid. Yeah, we just really are. But we had a great time, and uh, you know, you can uh, check us out on the socials to see some photos from the event that we did. Yep. A lot of people uh, reach out to us there on the socials. We are on the socials, as Jeff calls it. The uh, and Angela backed me up on that. Yeah, I it know. is it is known as the socials in other circles. So we're on Instagram at the Cigar Pulpit. We're also on Instagram on Naked Gator N E K K I D Gator. My page. We actually posted a picture this week. You did. I did. We're on Facebook, Twitter. And YouTube, and then you can also find us at CigarPulpit.com. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention, we're going to be smoking the Ave Maria coming up on Friday's cast. That would be the Divinia? Divin- Divina? Divinia? Divinia. Yeah, but it's yeah. an $18 stick. It's the anchor for the uh, February My Monthly Cigars box. Yep. And I want to point out that My Monthly Cigars is partnered with us, and I'll let Nick take it from there. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service where you can get boxes of cigars shipped to your house every month. They have a variety of different size boxes. We get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. They also have a box called the President, or Presidente, I think. You can hoard them all. And it's eight cigars for $50. Now, the eight cigars, it's just two of each of those cigars that's in the Robusto box. So it's a really good box if you're... Maybe sitting out with your dad or your brother or a friend or something like that, and you want to have uh, an experience where you're smoking the same cigar. Um, and when you go and you sign up for My Monthly Cigars, use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, to get either free shipping on the first order or 20% off any of the items in the store. Because they do have an online store where you can purchase you know, other things, but then also cigars from the boxes, and in case your brick and mortar doesn't have them. And on those boxes, there is an MSRP guarantee. Yep, and so basically the MSRP of the cigars in the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. I think for the February box, it's like a $42, $43 value somewhere, yeah, somewhere in that for range. $30. So. You know, you're you're getting your uh, your money's worth out of it. Well, and again, it's it's kind of like you know, I I I've noticed this with traveling to some of these events. Every humidor stocks different things. Like you would think a cigar humidor would be a cigar humidor would be a cigar humidor to shop, and it's not. No. And that's the beauty of the my monthly cigar box. You're getting to branch out and try sticks that you may not normally get at your local brick and mortar. And if you like them, request them. See if they can get them in. Seek them out. Exactly. Yep. The other bit of um, the other bit of business that we have to attend to here is our weekly giveaway. Yes. Now, unfortunately, I did not hear from Leonardo Hercules. Oh, shoot. So, Mr. Hercules, um, if you get in touch with me, maybe we can figure out some sort of like, you know, something. Secondary prize. Secondary thing. Consolation prize, as it were. Consolation, but... But uh, I do have to say... A lovely parting gift. I do have to say, you know, we, we name off the name on the show, and all we ask is that once we, name off, once we announce the winner, the winner has a week to get in touch with us and um, tell us, uh, tell us their, their shipping address, and then we'll get the prize sent out to them. The only other thing we ask is that when you do receive the prize, 
you take a picture of yourself with it and post it somewhere or send it to me so that we can we can share it and everything else but anyway so yeah so i do i do have to uh uh pick a new person for the giveaway this week and the winner and the winner is the winner this week is luke stutler Luke Stutler. Luke Stutler. You have until next Monday, which would be... You have until Monday, March the 2nd, end of day, Monday, March the 2nd, to reach out to me. Send me an email with your shipping address and get that to me, and we can uh, we can go ahead and get that prize sent off to you. So, Luke Stutler, you have uh, won our weekly giveaway, and I'll be honest... I'm not quite entirely sure what it is right now. Um, It'll be good. Yeah, it, it's good. I got a nice big swag box from Drew Estates. Um, we have some other swag from a couple other manufacturers. So I'll put together a nice nice prize package and send that off to you. So that being said, what are you getting on your stickers we finish up? I'm still getting the spicy and earthy flavors. This was a big stick. I've got about a third of it left. I, I've, I'm, I'm on my last third. Maybe, just maybe. And I might just be completely wrong on this. Okay. Maybe there's a slight little itty bitty bit of like cocoa. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not picking that up at all. Just a maybe a hair, but uh, by and large, it's it's spice and um and earthy flavors. It's it's getting peppery on the about back third here for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But it's been a good stick. I've enjoyed it. Just inhaled smoke there. Oh. And again, this is an AJ Fernandez. The AJ Fernandez Diaz de Gloria. It's all Nicaragua, all it the time. It is a Nicaraguan puro. Yes. So, and that puro means all. Yes. Yes. Is that that's that, what that, that means? That's what that means. Okay. I, I assumed. You did assume, but I wanted to clarify. You assumed correctly for once, so, indeed. But anyway, so yeah, that's guys uh, come out and meet us uh, in Indy this weekend, the twenty eighth, twenty ninth, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and of February of February, and um, yeah, we'll see where the. Uh, Nick and Gator Traveling Freak Show and Cigar Evangelical Revival takes us after that. Yes. Um, it's nothing on the docket as of right now. Well, July for uh, well, yeah, you know, July, the convention out know, in there's, Vegas. There's Vegas. There's the PCA show out in Vegas. And then that's we're also going to have Kansas City and uh, the Weston Cigar Festival Westin, in the future there. Yeah, that, but that's more September, October. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, Stay tuned. The, the nice thing about St. Louis is it's about a four-hour drive from a lot of different cities. You know, we could make our way down to, like, Memphis. Memphis, Kansas City, Kansas Chicago, City, Indianapolis. Chicago. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean even, get, even getting into, like, Ohio, it's not super far. Tell me far, about but Ohio. What movie is that from? <laughs> I don't know. The Patriot. Oh, anyway. They're talking about the land grants and what this, you know, colonel's going to get if he takes out, you know, Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. And he says, tell me about Ohio. It's a great line. Okay. Yeah. It's round on the, what is it, round on the front, round on the back, and high in the middle? <laughs> that, that could, you know, talk about a lot of things isn't, in my isn't, life. Isn't that, the, I, I, I don't know, I'm trying to remember what the, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. Well, so. guys, somehow, by the grace of God, we survived this trip to Chicago because it was touch and go. It was but we not had a good touch time. and go. It was oh, you and I were at each other's throats most of the trip. Friday night was a little obnoxious, I'll admit that. <laughs> Saturday was fine. The event was great. The Saturday was fine. The event cured a lot well, of ills. FOIA Fest sucked, but well, the, event, yeah. the event was fine. And, it, and, it, and I've been to it many times. 
and really enjoyed it. And yeah, yeah, well, I won't be at it again. So they need, that's well, okay. <laughs> they need they need to get back to their roots. Well, I'm so. I'm not messing with it again. Oh, fair enough. We need. I think we're uh, actually working with a couple of organizations. We're in the Southern Illinois Editorial Association, and I think we're working with uh, the Gateway Journalism Review to put one on in Southern Illinois. And we'll get back to the roots on that one. I guess. Yeah. Oh no, we're making this happen. This is a lot more your project than mine. <laughs> it's it's my passion, as we said earlier in the uh, Ask the Boys. Yep. So, well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you so much. Tell your friends. Tell your, tell enemies, your enemies. Tell your enemies if you don't like us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whatever. If you love us, give us a review. If you don't like us, well, suck it. Yep. This has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. Hallelujah. I'm Nick. That's I'm Gator. Gator. And uh, stay smoky, and we'll see you in Indianapolis later this week. 